Welcome to the Run Strong Run podcast, where I amplify inspiring voices from the back of the pack and loudly proclaim all runners count. Without further ado, here's this week's inspiring runner. Welcome to the Run Strong Run podcast. I'm so excited. I'm here with my friend Natalie. We met probably in person last year, maybe a couple years ago, but her story is so inspiring how she is currently battling cancer and yet that's not letting her letting it stop her. She is like running half marathon after half marathon after half marathon and other smaller distances, but I am so excited for you to tell your story. So without further ado, welcome Natalie to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Stephanie. This is quite an honor. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm so excited. So tell us, Natalie, uh, where are you currently in in, in your cancer journey? Yeah, so uh, I was originally diagnosed as stage 2B in September of 2021, but I do believe that was a misdiagnosis because three months later in December of 2021, after the doctors got the results of all the scans back, they saw that the cancer had metastasized into my ribs and my spine. Uh, and you know, I actually was stage 4, and that was quite a shock, needless to say. Uh, and I pretty much went from uh, chemo to much less harsh meds uh, that stage four people go on to kind of for maintenance and aromatase inhibitor uh, that tries to block the cancer cells from you know multiplying inside my body mm-hmm. and I'm still on that first line of treatment um, along with the hormone blocker since my body makes too much estrogen but um, unfortunately, as of late, the last three PET scans I've had since May of 2023 have shown progression. So it looks like the first line of treatment is no longer working. So now I'm getting a mammogram, uh, excuse me, I've had a mammogram done recently. Uh, another one, I'm getting uh, another biopsy done to see if the cancer has mutated before my oncologist sets up a new plan of treatment moving forward. Wow, I mean, I just cannot even begin to imagine how that is to, I mean, we're, we're sitting right now in a hotel room because you're here in Southern California, here in Carlsbad to pace a half marathon. So I just cannot even begin to imagine how that is to show up for runners on course, knowing that you're battling this in your personal life. So what keeps you showing up, doing these half marathons, pacing? It definitely uh, gives me motivation to keep living and thriving and you know, being active, staying positive. The running community is very supportive and you know, very encouraging, even though I'm slower now. And I was a back of the packer before, but I'm way more of a back of the packer now with the cancer. But you know, that doesn't seem to matter for most people in the running community. And I think that's why it's such a joy to be a part of it, because it really is like run family, you know, and everybody, I, I literally have met people from all over the country and other countries, you know, outside of the U.S. that share this passion for running. And it's something that I never in a million years thought that I would grow to love, but I really have grown to love it. <laughs> So have you always been a runner? Like before before the cancer diagnosis, you were a runner. I think you told me you've done many, I don't remember, 11 full marathons, two ultra marathons. So 
So when did you kind of first start running? Uh, well, <laughs> I actually used to hate running. I didn't really get into running until 2016 when I was playing ice hockey. And I was coming back to the bench winded between shifts. So I knew I started, you know, needed to start doing some cardio. And one of my friends suggested running and I was just going out and running maybe one to three miles a week and gradually building up on that. Um, when I started doing 5K races and getting the nice medals, that gave me more incentive to keep going. And even though back then I was pretty satisfied with running the 5K distance, I had friends that must have known back then that I was destined for longer distances because they kept trying to encourage me to do 10Ks and half marathons. And eventually, you know, I ended up trying longer distances and enjoying them. So now the half marathon is my favorite distance. <laughs> 13.1 miles. So again, you said you were doing ice hockey in 2016? I started actually in 2015. Uh, I believe it was late in the year. And like I said, you can't really improve if you can't, if you don't have enough endurance to, you know, skate a shift and not come back to the bench winded every time. So I did start with little running here and there and it really drastically improved my endurance and my skating abilities too. I mean, I never became a great hockey player, you know, uh, but it was fun playing in a, a recreational league a few recreational leagues and making friends doing that. That's super awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, 2016 to now we're in 2024, that's really not that long to have been running. I mean, you started running, I mean, after I started running. So tell me, I know you've done like a bazillion half marathons. What number are you at? Tomorrow's half marathon, what's your Tomorrow lifetime? Tomorrow will be number 298. And I'm planning on hitting 300 at the Surf City Half Marathon the first weekend of February because that race is very special to me. It was my third lifetime half marathon in 2018, and I've done it every year since. I'm a legacy runner for that race. It's a beautiful race along the coast in Southern California where the weather's always perfect. And I do have a lot of friends out there running both the half and the full marathon. So it's nice to see them, you know, on the course for the race, after the race. So I'm very excited to be able to share that big milestone with a lot of my friends that will be coming in to do the race from all over the country. <laughs> that is just, I mean, I'm just mind blown right now, Natalie. I had no idea that you have done 200, tomorrow number 298 half marathon since starting in 2016, right? 2017, December actually was my first half marathon. Oh my goodness. So like, let's, let's take us back to like last year, 2023. How many half marathons did you do that calendar year? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot more than I planned to. Um, I had three really busy years between 2019 and 2021. And then because of the cancer treatments, I fell off a little in 2022. So I came back kind of with a vengeance last year and I ended up doing 59 half marathons. That is incredible, considering there's 52 weekends out of the year and you did 59 half marathons. That is amazing. Thank you. So what does your doctor say? You know, you're, you're currently going through cancer treatments. What, what, what do the medical professionals say about these, all these half marathons? My oncologist is actually a runner too, and he's actually been pretty encouraging about the running. And, you know, he 
flat out told me the other day that he felt like the running is actually helping keep me alive longer because, you know, it's keeping me healthy other than the cancer and uh, it's keeping me active and positive and it gives me goals to keep living for, so. Wow, I love that so much. Like, what's next for you? I mean, you're, you're looking forward to celebrating your third, 300 half marathon at Surf City coming up. Mm -hmm. Do you have another goal beyond that? Yes, um, I'm still working on finishing up a half marathon in all 50 states. I've done 41 states now. Uh, initially, I was hoping to finish up my 50 states in Kentucky of April of this year, but because of some recent medical setbacks, uh, I had to cancel my plans to travel to Hawaii this month and do some races there to knock off that state. So I think it actually makes more sense at this point to just go ahead and wait until next January and hit my 50th state in Hawaii next January where hopefully I can have a lot of friends and family come out and join me and celebrate in Absolutely. the beautiful island setting. <laughs> I think that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> a celebratory completing 50 states, at, uh, yes, in, in Hawaii, sounds perfect. For someone who's listening or watching this and watching you, listening to you tell your story, and maybe they have recently received their own diagnosis. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to them? Well, definitely never give up and don't let anyone tell you what you are capable of doing. I mean, I have done some things post-cancer diagnosis that I never thought I could ever do. Um, I actually did my first ultra marathon of 50K with stage four cancer last year. And that's something I never in a million years thought I would ever do. But when a dear friend gifted me the race registration, how do you turn that down? <laughs> it was a timed race, a 12 hour race. So I knew I had plenty of time to get 32 miles done in that time frame. And yes, I could have kept going after I was done. I had plenty of time, but you know, I was satisfied with the 50K and stopped, I think, just under 10 hours and uh, figured then I'd leave room for a mileage PR in the future. <laughs> I love that. And you just like exude sunshine wherever you go. I mean, it seems like when I'm around you in the running community, it seems like everyone knows you. And so how do you remain so positive? And especially in long runs, you know, we talk, it, they say it's like 80% mental, 20% physical. Mm -hmm. What helps you in, in mm -hmm. overcoming that mental aspect when the going gets tough? Uh, I, I think just having support is helpful. I mean, definitely races where you see a lot of friends on the course whether they're volunteering or spectating or running and you pass them on the course or they pass you that is super encouraging no matter what point you're at and having people there cheering for you at the finish line is always good too um, i've been the last finisher of some of my races and had a I did a tough trail half marathon last August where I was the last finisher for the half. It took me over four hours and I had about 25 search and rescue members clapping for me at the finish line and, you know, it, it almost brought me to tears. You know, these people don't know me, but they're 
wonderful volunteers and wonderful motivators mm -hmm. and hearing the cheering and the clapping as I was coming, you know, uphill to the finish line, it really just helped give me that extra little push to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there's a misconception that back of the pack runners, they feel like intimidated to show up for a run because they feel like maybe they don't belong there or they're, they're scared of finishing last. So what would you say to that person who's afraid to show up to the starting line or afraid of finishing last? It's definitely um, a rational fear. I think we all go through that at some point. But now that I'm seeing that there are more races and more people that embrace and even celebrate the back of the Packers, you know, it definitely gives you something to strive for. Um, I've done some races with mainly marathons where they give a caboose award. It's an extra medal shaped like a caboose to the last finisher of the half marathon or the marathon each day of the series. And um, I recently saw my friend who also has stage four prostate cancer. Uh, and he has been perfect running all of the uh, January Walt Disney World marathons since the inception, I believe 31 years ago. And he just was the final finisher of the marathon last week and had a nice big um, celebration at the finish line to celebrate his finish. Oh, so. I love that so much. Uh, you are so inspiring and your story is so inspiring. How can people reach out to you to, to get some encouragement personally from you or to, to follow along in your inspiring story? Oh, Where can you. they find you? Um, well, I'm on Instagram. I've got a public profile, Natalie U, like the letter U, 23 is my Instagram handle. And I'm always happy to help people and answer questions, especially about cancer. You know, I. I didn't know much about cancer until I got diagnosed with it myself, but I've really done a lot of research and I've made a point of going public about my diagnosis because I want to try to help others not to have to go through this. Mm -hmm. You know, early intervention is the key. Mm -hmm. I just found out that one of my girlfriends had not had a mammogram done for over 10 years, mm -hmm. you know, and that. That's not something I want to hear. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, definitely get your regular checkups yearly, men and women, because mm -hmm. cancer does not discriminate based on age, based on race, based on health conditions. I have healthy runner friends that are getting diagnosed, even younger and healthier than me, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, definitely doesn't discriminate with religion or ethnic background, anything like that. Mm -hmm. So. Sadly, it is something that's becoming more and more common among people out there. And mm -hmm. since I've gotten diagnosed a little over two years ago, I personally have met many other people that have gotten diagnosed with cancer since then. And mm -hmm. it, it just breaks my heart to hear that. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like maybe if I would have spoken up sooner, maybe they could have gotten their checkup and they wouldn't be having to deal with battling cancer. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story. And uh, I mean, again, it's always so much fun when I see your name on the pace list. So it's fun to see you here in Carlsbad. I'm sure we'll see each other again in Modesto in March. And um, yeah, so thank you again. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Run Strong Run podcast. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Run Strong Run or through my website at runstrongrun.com. You can support this podcast through a rating, review, or share. Until next time, run strong and run happy.